On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Superman and Lois focus enough to not blow this, if WandaVision has Harkness fill Wanda's visions with darkness, and if Morph's End means more friends or Morph's End as an orphan. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the entirety of the internet where we review every single live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. It's me, it's your girl, it's Cassie, I'm back here. I'm back for another week where I am going to be your host. Um, As host, you know, since I am here and here as host, it's my job to uh, just lead us <laughs> through all this comic book TV. And that one you hear snickering. I don't know how to introduce him because he's not host. So I don't have a word for him, except for maybe antagonist here. So that was Mike. How's it going, Mike? I hear. What about putts? I antagonist <laughs> putts. Here to puttsly antagonize. Thank you. That is the proper way to speak. Thank you for joining. Thanks for having. Do you talk like <laughs> a dying caveman the whole time? What's the... Yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing home how bad that sentence was. So I appreciate you, Mike. As a friend, again, I would die for you. I just want you to know this. Look, a bad friend will let you mess up and never point it out. (laughs) A good friend. (laughs) Cassie, I'm here too. And I think I'm being very supportive by loving it when you choose 12 words. Uh-huh. And we we can't move on until you say each of those 12 words four times. <laughs> I think that makes for the best intro. I I think everybody finds it endearing. So I'm going to take in the notes here and see. I, I'm going gonna, gonna to stick with it, actually. No, they, I'll tell you everybody this. Everybody finds it enduring. They have to endure it. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, Mike and I definitely don't do that. And no one finds us endearing. So That's I would true. say do the opposite of us. We speak flawlessly from years of elocution classes. <laughs> Uh, that other one is Ryan. So welcome, Ryan. Thanks for joining the other me. One. Feels like the other one. one. But like honestly, guys, I don't know how to refer to you guys because I can't call you co-host because then you guys' like ego gets too big. So just like, do guess. Just like you're just say here. we're the we're, I know, and that's guess that never leaves. <laughs> that's unfortunate for you, but uh, I would just keep calling us like. And these are the two guests that you have on this one particular episode. Yeah, you just yeah. have a terrible Booker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only two guests that i have but isn't it like at some point when you have a friend that comes over to your house so much like they're no longer guests like at some point they could start doing the chores like, yeah they you... gotta get their own goddamn glass of water yeah they also gotta do the dishes and mop the floors like everybody gets to that point and like i know you guys are definitely past that point i the thing that i'm worried about is that once cassie realizes like puts it connects it together that we are guests that next week we're going to get to the studio. We're going to go to our recording table, which, of course, has chairs with our logos on the back of them. Our personal logos. Our personal logos. And in our chairs, it's just going to be Caitlin from the Unnatural 20s and that goddamn fucking Murdoch sitting there. And she's just going to be like, oh, you guys aren't guests this week. Ta-ta. She's going to she's going to TTFN for now us. Yeah. You get you hit with that ta-ta. Which one um, is going to be replaced by Murdoch? Our, Ryan, would you be fine with being placed with our dog Murdoch? Well, you changed my logo on the back of my chair to a picture of Murdoch. So, yes, I would say that. Yeah. 
and I think it was a huge improvement. Um, this week, though, is sadly, I can't just talk about my dog, even though I want to, because we've got a big episode. We are talking about the premiere of Superman and Lois, so let's go ahead and go to that right now. About ten minutes into the series premiere of Superman and Lois, as it is racing through all the origin stories, it goes past what we've heard about a million times and into new territory. Clark and Lois have teenage twin boys named af- named Jonathan, after Clark's dad, and Jordan, named after Clark's favorite basketball player, Washington Wizard Jordan Bell. After the intro, we jump more into the pathology of a family, on the verge, more than we do, the punching of villains. So let's start there. Taste Buds, how do you feel about Superman and Lois as Super Dad and Lois? Mom? <laughs> I real I, fucking I, clever, Cassie. Thank you. I love Tyler Hoechlin. Hoechlin. Uh huh. I, I never remember how to say that. I think he he is a great Superman. Um, and Lois, who we we haven't seen as much. I think she does like Lois badassery when she's allowed to. In the, in this premiere, she's I think one moment of being really badass. Uh, she can do it very well. So I am interested. These two as parents is not what we've seen from not just Superman often, but. Sp- uh, the Arrowverse is not interested in adult stories. Nobody could really accuse it of that. Well, let me ask you this, Mike. Of all of the people who have played Superman's girlfriend, um, for her, is this bar the lowest? This bar is the lowest. Okay. Oh, but, I mean... <laughs> I'm going to force you to <laughs> sit in that and say something else. But yeah, now I have to fucking talk again. And I, I can't because my face is all red and I've started drooling. As Cassie say the always same 12 out. words over again. That's the, that's the technique. All right. Fuck both of you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that this is a crazy jump for the CW to just say this is going to be about we're going to spend a lot of time with adults. And then I think it sort of gets hijacked, and I, I was super interested, and it does become way more about these kids. These kids that are clearly being written once again by a room full of 45-year-old yeah. dudes, um, and I would say that's, that's, more the, that's more of the boring part. I would rather watch uh, Clark and Lois in their marriage and being parents than and, these children. And they, they deal with real shit where like she knew who she married, but she is also upset when he has to run off Supermaning. Like that is interesting. And like in a very like they the two kids they have is they're raising kind of an asshole bully and they're raising a we need to talk about Kevin kind of kid and they don't know what to do with either of them. It's both kinds of asshole bullies. Yeah. <laughs> it 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 is super that yeah. is all very interesting from their angle. The minute it's like I'm upset because you didn't tell me you were Superman. <laughs> like, it's, I don't give a shit. <laughs> There's some things that really bug me. The fact that, like, it seems very out of character for Lois to have her, like, be fine with this plan to not tell the kids and kind of just, she's definitely sat on the, like, side more on this yeah. one. Yeah. Which seems, also their excuse of, like, the kids, I don't understand why the kids wouldn't know because their mom is, like, the best reporter out in the world, yet it's the dad who has to be gone on these, like, field trips all the time to report. Like, that doesn't well, make that- any sense. <laughs> We didn't get into it because it's the pilot, but and I hope they do, is that's why these kids suck, is because Lois is also probably gone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like True. So they just winning Pulitzers. Nobody. I I mean, I actually like this episode and there's a real easy check to see if you did because it was uh ninety minutes. Did you feel it? And I didn't, you know? Like I was yeah. surprised by how how fleet it moved and uh how like the seeds that it dropped for the rest of the season, I thought was done very well. But the biggest problem is not the teenagers. You know, I've seen, I've watched enough C fucking W in my time to know how teenage stories and teenage characters work. The problem is the misnomer of the name. You know, mm. uh, 
which is a little redundant, but like this is not Superman and Lois. You know, Lois is, and in a pilot, I think that you should confirm that this is a two-hander with supporting right. characters. I don't think that you should say, "Well, we'll get to Lois later." This is the first episode. So do you think this is it should be called Superman and Sons, like a weird hardware store? Because that's actually what it's going to be about? It does seem more on brand for this first episode, yeah. I mean, I, I sort of think that it's going to be about, it's going to be closer to like the OC, uh, mm-hmm. seminal primetime soap opera from the... If that's what we get, and it, they, it balances the adults as much as the kids, I will like that more than what I think it's going to turn into is... Here's these kids, and sometimes Superman's here. <laughs> like, yeah. I appreciate you, you, Mike, explaining what I meant by it's going to be like the OZ, because that's not just common knowledge that it's a show that balanced the uh, kids and the adults. <laughs> I, I cannot assume that superhero show show listeners also listen to all 100 episodes of the OCD. <laughs> Though they should. It's the best thing we've ever done, and I include the show I'm on right now. Can you, can you even imagine the crossover episode of the superhero show CD? where it's me and you screaming at me and you and Cassie just in the middle. <laughs> I think that's what Cassie deals with uh, every I, week. I would do not you, like to do this. I, another aspect I, I enjoy, but it's more because it's the adults, is uh, General Lane, Lois's dad, uh, will use Superman and wants him to be Superman as much as possible while telling Lois she married the wrong guy because she married Super... Like, yeah. I just, yeah, I want to I want to get it on record right now because General Lane is like a notorious fucking piece of shit asshole. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, he's he's worse than shit. Uh, Jennifer Thunderbolt Connelly, Ross? yes, oh. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly's dad, uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Um, that he is saying like his whole friendly thing, like I'm going to take the boys fishing this weekend and I'm going to be a good like father in law. He is just as evil as always. He's using Superman for to get ahead in his job and also just throwing him out there until he fucking dies so he can get his family back. This guy is not this is not a new turn on General Lane. He is the no. same old General Lane that it just like is it, they're trying to deceive us in the pilot. It seems like they definitely like doubled down on how bad he's going to be and I am excited for that. Like as soon as I saw like that he knew, that was the biggest shock of the episode was like once he knew that Clark was Superman. And then when he came there, he was like, Clark needs to go. I was like, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I'm going to enjoy this for the season, for sure. And he's also kind of right. Like, yeah. Uh, you, if, you have, if you're Superman and you're going to dedicate your life to, you know, truth, justice in the American way, you should not have a wife and kids, bro. Like, mm-hmm. th- how many people are going to die because you stayed at home because you have, we need to talk about Kevin at home and need to return it to Blockbuster? <laughs> well you can do that on your way to a nuclear facility yeah he's he's very quick he could get it done let's just imagine what would happen if superman on the way to a nuclear facility threw a blockbuster video into the dropbox it blows up yeah it would be worse than the reactor exploding uh, how how do you guys feel about the, the the super heroics of this episode where it's uh superman versus the dude from halo that's what okay that was all i could picture i'm so glad you brought that up first because that was all the what? whole time i was seeing him is master chief oh i thought it was master shake that's not from halo yeah it's master shake <laughs> i can't wait till we we meet his other guys from halo frylock and meet wad frylock and hairball it was cool as like a mystery point because i didn't know did you guys know from the comics like that version i no, i don't yeah. That I don't know nothing. Because, no. yeah, oh, yeah, so spoilers. Uh, at the end, Master Chief takes his helmet off, and his computer says, Captain Luther. But 
I don't think this is this world's Lex Luthor. Well, this world has Lex Luthor. It's John Cryer. Right. And so, I, I mean, but this, this world, the Arrowverse, uh, which I, I think that we're still in, even though there's teenage sons and everything. Like, we're, I, are we just I was trying to figure it? that. Is like, is this 20 years in the future? And I've seen some bad reviews be like, they didn't even, for Batwoman and this, they're like, they didn't even talk about the crisis. So I was like, I don't want them to. I want them yeah. to tell their own stories. So I think because in before the crisis, they had one baby. And at the end, it said, now we have twins. So I think... Do you, do you say that word like Moira Rose? <laughs> it's hard not to now. <laughs> now they they like they they were excited because they had like a four month year old, and now they have two twin seventeen year old boys. And I don't know if they remember they were supposed to only have one kid, but that's probably why both their kids are a piece of shit. It's the personality of one kid split into two kids. Well, we're gonna get to this later. We're gonna get to the fan reactions uh, at the very end of the show. But uh, I'll say this: like, good on you. Superman and Lois writing team and producing and directing team. Fuck. Like, just do what you want. And I, I, there is a line because you are in a shared universe. But mm. I would say back that line up as far as you fucking can. And if, you, if you're interested in doing a show about two teenage boys, don't let the, the handcuffs of canon weigh you down. Right. Yeah. And then, like, with now we got to talk. I want to talk about those two kids because it seems like they knew from the beginning as soon as they named one of the kids Jonathan and the other one is it Jordan? I can't even remember. Yeah. Like, they were setting that up for a loved one and an un- unloved one from the get go. <laughs> like, yeah, it's-, <laughs> it's so weird to name one of your kids and they're twins, so they had them at the same time after a renowned loved family member. Yeah. And the other is just like, I don't know, it's in a baby book. <laughs> like,. Of the minute you do that, your kid is obviously going to play Injustice, where he kills you on his video games and listen to Butt Rock. <laughs> I believe that Cassie born. already pointed out that the the name came from Washington Wizards power forward Jordan that's Bell. True. <laughs> same level, of and respect. I get that that's meaningful to Clark, but I don't think that passes down the same thing. How yes. many episodes of television would you have had to watch to be surprised by? The fact that Jordan has the powers and not Jonathan, and is the answer zero. If you've seen literally one episode of television in your entire life, you, yeah, we knew this was coming, right? Oh right. yeah. Do you like? But and I liked Jonathan's reaction of like he's happy, and Jordan's like, "Why? I have the powers." He's like, "That means I actually skilled." Like yeah. that's a good brother dig. Yeah. <laughs> like I earned the things I'm good at. And I thought that was good too. Like the things that I hate about the teenagers on the CW shows is the dialogue. Like uh, Jordan and this girl are talking about. Um, the medication that they take and uh-huh. Jordan asks a little bit too hard and she says, oh, I didn't know we were going to go all euphoria tonight. That's the stuff that drives me fucking insane. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, the overall of the two characters and how they're, they are basically stereotypes um, bordering on archetypes, I guess, but they're handling it okay where, you know, uh, Jonathan's able to see the silver lining even though he's a douche about it and Jordan never is and he right. is a douche about it and that's how it worked. I, I, I thought it worked well. And and I do like the they are antagonistic towards each other, but also I feel like they sell the we hate each other, we love each other very well. Yeah. Um that that surprised me how smooth and natural that felt. Do you think they'll break from these like strict stereotype like roles that they're playing as it goes later on, or are we gonna be stuck with these like archetypes? It's so I mean, I I think a pilot has to do everything it can and you know, like Basically, these like uh, signifiers of these archetypes or stereotypes are just because they have so much work to do, and then mm-hmm. they get to spend the rest of the run of the series breaking away from them or tweaking them or uh, revealing nuance in them. So it's hard to hate just because 
I, I kept wanting to hate the whole time. Like, oh, Jonathan is so Jonathan. And Jordan is so <laughs> Jordan as well. But it's a pilot, and we haven't met these characters before. You know, uh, It's actually in a better situation than most pilots because we have already met specifically this Superman and this Lois. You know, right. So then they can go and do other things, introduce more characters because of that. I, my, my biggest problem was uh, at the end of the opening credits, there's two ands. There's Dylan Baker, who is from Nip Tuck, who plays General Lane, and Emmanuel Sloan Sloan from Entourage, who plays Lana. And Lana's husband, uh, I would say, is... Kyle? (laughs) He's such a classic Kyle. Fucking Kyle Kyle is poorly written. I don't care if you're a pilot or not. Uh, That guy... And his sneering, just you could just tell by the way he drinks a beer at a funeral, where he just lifts the bottle as hard as he can, as up as he can, and then slams it down. That guy sucks. That's poor writing, guys. Do they think, they're like, well, we should show, because he's like, use big city slickers, come to small town, talking politics. Like, do they think they're like, we should show small town, like, everybody who voted for Trump isn't an awful monster, or are they trying to really dig in and get him? But they are, though. If they're, yeah. like, they're all like Kyle, that means that they are. They did a bad job of doing that then. Yeah, just because of Kyle, it seems like they are just trying to get them. But, like, I don't know. I don't know if it's poor writing or they're trying to do something with shitty Kyle. Because then he did, like, save their kids. At least they made it where Clark Well, he's a so. firefighter. He's not going to not do his job. But, it, it, like, it's it's annoying because it could be interesting because Kyle's both mad that Clark left Smallville and mad he's back. Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Anytime it's complicated, that could be interesting, but because they gave it to Kyle, it's not going to be like a well... Fucking Kyle! <laughs> you sound like Cartman right now. Uh, <laughs> I think that the most interesting part about it, about it is that he's not an, a policeman. He's a firefighter, yeah. and stock on firefighters is so much higher than cops right now. You know, that, you know that was a nuance rewrite. right there. That was a yeah. change. <laughs> there is... Um, were you guys prepared for the saddest moment of this, which is when Mama Kent dies? Like... I was not expecting that until I started to see like her phone call. I was like, "Ooh, I'm not liking this." But like coming into this, I had, I thought she would be there for the series. I gotta say, I thought that we were gonna stick to a strict uh, one Kent parent per episode quota for <laughs> both of them to get wiped out in this episode. I was very surprised by. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was. But sad. It, it does make sense because this is about Clark and his kids, mm-hmm. and that's when it all clicked. Is that. Uh, it always used to be about Clark trying to live up to his parents. Like right. all Superman stories are about that, and n- maybe you sort of do have to knock Mar- Martha. Is that her name? I don't know if that's yeah. ever been burned into my brain what her name is by anything. <laughs> uh, you maybe you have to knock Martha off to make Clark and Lois the the patriarch and matriarch of the family. Right. Otherwise, they'd always go to Martha. And is that her name? Solve it. Get is. It, I think. And uh, get get advice. And she'd be like, oh, you do this. And be like, boop, boop, boop. True. Uh, and because now he has even more. Because as a human, she was the superhero for the town. Right. She yeah. took out more mortgages uh, to help randos in Smallville. Farmers God. love farmers. Farmers be loving farmers. That's a fact. Um, we are almost out of time. So, Ryan, do you want to get to the um, audience reviews to the show or reactions? Oh, I meant that, like, I, I was talking about WandaVision. I meant later in the episode, not later Way in the later. segment. Okay, so, yeah. but what were your guys' reactions to this one overall enough to bring you in? To this segment? I think this segment was, like, three stars. <laughs> I think okay. this segment was pretty great. Uh, it was, we learned, we laughed, we loved, we cried. And we, this we show, prayed. yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a new Arrowverse show, so I'll give it, you know, half a season before I 
actually judge it. Oh, I'm that. in for sure. And I don't think I have the time. So I'm probably out, actually, now that I think about <laughs> it. But uh, I really, really enjoyed this in a way that it's not... Like, I, I saw the flaws. This is not like... This wasn't fooling me. But I like. I think it's that I like Tyler and... Or let's say Clark and Lois enough yeah. together. The leads are great. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the scene of the episode is Lois stomping around while Clark just l- listens. Doesn't offer advice. Just listens so Lois feels heard. Important, guys. And then leans a vending machine forward, you know, yeah. just does just uses Superman not to like fix problems, uh, bigger like Lois's big problems, but just maybe a couple of little ones. So if we can get one of those scenes per episode, then I'm in. Yeah, um, it is a great show. It plays on the CW. Uh, coming up next, it is time for our poll list. We are back, and it's time for our poll list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is Resident Alien. On this week's Resident Alien, we find out that human Harry's wife is in town in an attempt to save their marriage, which proves to be difficult since Harry is now an alien. Asta is dealing with the fallout of Sam finding out that she is her real mother, while the kids, Sahar and Max, make a truce with Harry and appear to be becoming friends. Taste buds, I ask you, do you think Harry's parents should still send him to Georgia? Max's parents? Max's parents. Did I say Harry's parents? Yeah, you got a lot of those names wrong, but that's okay. (laughs) Harry's alien parents, like at the end of E.T., should come down and then send him to Georgia. (laughs) Georgia? No, the kid Max. Do you think Max should still go to Georgia just because? Not now. And I thought, I mean, I've been very much up, uh, down on Max, but up on uh, Harry V. Max. Yeah. Um, I just love Harry V's and to the Max. But uh, this true scene, and I know we can't have every episode have the true scene where they just right. giddily ask each other questions. Uh, but I, I'll be goddamned if that wasn't a delight. Yeah, th- this uh, they probably played out like we we could have wanted a whole more season of them against each other. But I think they wisely realized they probably did all they could with them as antagonists. So now Harry's best friends will not be Asta. It will be Zahar and Max, and I think that is only gold for the show. Which won't, you know, turn any eyebrows any more than Harry already gets, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it, that that scene, I know it's at the end, but it took the hardest turn because he straight up spit on Max. and then <laughs> spit on the kid! <laughs> and then they became friends. And, like, at first, I was all for, like, them being antagonists and, like, having this foe. Like, loved it. And then I realized how much more I did love it as them being friends. Because since they are at the same, like mental level essentially on knowing what's happening on things on earth it's delightful to see them just put things together i mean the other thing like the rule of drama and it's it's like serialized drama it's it's crazy that that's how we're going to classify this scene is how like what the premise is and how funny it is but as other you know bombs start ticking you have Mm -hmm. to defuse other bombs you know like there can only be so many ticking time bombs so uh if you know, we've got the wife going on, and we've got we still have Mandel Mon and the the agents, the secret agents, the yeah. secret agents coming in. So this is a good time to take. Sure, it was my favorite, but like diffuse it in such a right. resident alieny way. Because if if the Harry we've known, uh, if literally everybody but Asta was against him, he probably would just start murdering everybody, and that's <laughs> not a long running show plan. <laughs> Uh, we do have, though, this episode, we have um, Harry's wife, and the episode starts with us seeing how they met five years ago, which, mm-hmm. how did you guys see, enjoy seeing, like, real human Harry? 
it Alan Tudyk, Pop Filter Hall of Famer, is a genius, man, because normal Harry is still kind of off-putting, mm-hmm. but in a very different way than Alien Harry. He's the best. He's the best of us. But we we only had four minutes, you know? Yeah. And for that to be to get us to the point where we like now we know why they fell in love in just those four minutes of just Alan Tudyk throwing at least one dick around and that dick being money and you know charming charming in his asshole way but yeah just writing that $10,000 check i never even thought uh, maybe the show's gone over this but the fact that that's clearly just a vacation house and the guy lives in new york normally <laughs> yeah right? now it's all starting to click but um yeah i thought that that was a very you know uh expedient way to handle a lot of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and we do have um, we're the like wife and I don't remember the wife's name again. Isabel. Isabel. So we got to see Isabel and Darcy, the bartender, like just pump each other yeah. up knowingly at the bar to like go about the same dude. <laughs> that was awesome. Him. This show, every time I think they can't make like me love Darcy more, they do something like that. There's a couple of things that we've seen a billion times in this episode, which is one, two women talk like thinking they're talking about different dudes, but it's the same dude. And then also what I will call the Dave theory, and this is not Super Dave Osborne or Dave, the show about, what's his name? Lil, Lil, Dickie. Lil Dave. Lil, Lil Dickie. Dickie. Uh, but this is Dave, the Kevin Klein movie, where you... Re- Dave of our hearts. You replace one, you play somebody with a very different twin, and then <laughs> it rekindles the love. It doesn't have that person who is fully in love and knows that person more than anybody else say, this is weird, who the fuck are you? They fall in love all over again. And... I'm here for it. Well, she is enjoying his bluntness and assumes it's that he's confused and doesn't know what to do mid-divorce. And he likes the fact that she's warm like a giant ham. <laughs> so it's a How many thing. times does he say the word ham in this episode? <laughs> a couple. <laughs> a surprising amount. Um, were you guys... So we did get uh, asked his daughter... Is that Sam? Jay. Jay. Jay finding out that... Uh, you know, that uh, Asta is her mom. Were you guys surprised that this came out this soon or do you think it was the right time? Well, I, I think the real question is, like, Asta was thinking about firing or dumping uh, her daughter from the place. Do you think Asta is a good dumper? How dare you. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? No, she, she messed up that dumping, Ryan. <laughs> okay. So I would not call her a good dumper. I thought she'd be a pro. Yeah, Harry was supposed to fire the, or handle the dumping. Well, so. he wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> he was very excited to. But Jay found it in the box of folders that Isabel just started throwing, which is not cool to do at somebody else's workplace. Not because it's anti-Harry. It's anti-everybody else who works there, Isabel. But what a great way to do Chekhov's box is yeah. uh, just let all the lazy people, not just with throwing away boxes, but also with handling personal relationships, yeah. just keep passing the buck. That's how drama the does, right? Is mm-hmm. the bo- thank you. Uh is just everybody just lies or cheats or is secretive until somebody finally breaks it open and they just literalized it with this yeah. box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's they they the people behind the show obviously get TV very well to be able to turn that the thing that's in every drama literal. Uh-huh. And to the point that Harry even he's like, Oh no, this box is following me. <laughs> like <laughs> And also, yeah, just have a file in there that says, hey, Asta's your mom. <laughs> Harry's an alien. <laughs> I do like that even at the end of this episode, like we got her going to the diner to see like her, I guess, adoptive uncle in a way because he's not really granddad. Granddad. Yeah. But um, like I do like that she already kind of started to reach out to the other side of the family. Like I like the timeline that they're doing with it. 
Well, and to show that she still is a slightly shitty kid where she's like, all right, I'll have two hamburgers and a slice of pie. When he says family, it's free. She's like, oh, there's benefits to family, which I'm also waiting to learn. You got to give it up, though, for Asta's dad for just smiling and nodding instead of saying, you fucking ingrate. Get out of my restaurant. No, he 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 seems like the low key real heart of the show, right? Like he's just going to be warm and, and tell everybody what they need to hear. Oh, yeah. Um, are you guys worried about what they're going to do with Darcy? Because we had so many delightful scenes with her, and then Homegirl had to crack an egg into a drink in the morning, and I was so worried. <laughs> She's going to stay funny, man. Okay, good. That's all I need to know. I just need your reassurance. Uh, Mike, if you could text me that at least once a week, I would appreciate I, it. <laughs> I mean, in a way, that's another diffused bomb, is her just saying, uh, hey, that whole going out thing, I don't think we should do that anymore. And that way... We don't have to move forward on the Darcy-Harry relationship. Mm-hmm. We can keep Harry-Harry and Darcy-Darcy. But she did learn that she shut it down because she actually likes him and didn't want to pursue that. So I, I, I think we're going to... I don't think she's going to like spiral and, and go off the deep end here. But I do think... The, I don't think the love triangle's done. No, probably not. But Cassie's, Cassie's concern, Mike, is just shouting it out to us right she's seen us do all the things that darcy does and she's trying to cover it's up just a, it's a healthy breakfast what the you egg? don't want an egg in my morning beer no a raw egg, like i can't do the egg thing guys it's so gross don't do it they don't mix especially in a drink monsters stop doing it uh we are almost out of time though so are you guys ready for moments of the week it actually doesn't matter i don't know why i asked you mike what's your moment of the week what's my limit three how okay? I'll give you three because I already said she's warm like a giant ham. Uh, when <laughs> Isabel tells Harry he's changed and he goes, "I shaved my mustache," and she says, "You didn't have a mustache." He's like, "Well, I grew it and then I shaved it, and that's what's changed." Him lying uh, is fantastic. He gave us the best insult of in his mind calling the little boy a chicken ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the see Zahar mind gaming Harry. She's like, "His ashes aren't in." the ocean so you didn't spit on there were in your pocket the whole time and the, her mind games are what ha- made harry just spit in max in real life <laughs> it is so good that they like they can make it where this character doesn't like plays into these kids dumb games like a kid like yeah. it's so good uh ryan what is your moment of the week i'll let you well, if you have up to three remember three is the max okay i'll just do one plus a, a second one and maybe another <laughs> two but uh uh we have to give it up to uh the father of the sheriff being popped mm. from Pop's Diner on Riverdale. That's that's how you get into the Pop Filter Hall of Fame. By the yeah. way, not only is and one of your characters named Pop, but uh, if you're going to show up on two things that we review, man, this guy is on his we're way. We're going to love you. <laughs> Just being in things we're in. Uh, also, the fact that he wasn't uh, trying to dictate how this diner should run their things. Like, he was yeah. just going to... No ego. And I like that about him. <laughs> Which has to be hard for him at this point. He's learned so much about running a diner. And for him to be quiet, that's crazy. Uh, but my moment of the week is... I think it's the last scene, which is just a camera roaming through the diner and watching all these relationships that we have seen develop in five episodes. Mm-hmm. The, I think this is the TV dream. If you can get this shot, this scene of this roaming camera, just, like, going over, like, this community, this family, the, all these relationships that you've created, like... I think Resident Alien is being very impressive right now. Like all of the stuff that all of the stuff that it has juggling, but also the the feels that it has going on. To have this shot, to like to recognize all of the warmth of a ham that was in this shot, I think is very cool. <laughs> and normally that's like at the end of a season. Yeah, we are halfway through the first season, and they can pull that off. Yeah, like five episodes in, as Ryan said, insane. 
Uh, I'm bordering. I don't want to get crazy. And every time I say something like this, you guys all scream and run around the room. <laughs> but I'm bordering on saying I would watch this show if we didn't have the podcast. What? Ah! What? Ah! <laughs> Sorry, I had to scream and run around the room. He did like two whole laps because of that, Ryan. God, how that did was, you say that? That was the very impressive Doppler effect you heard from Mike as he was running <laughs> around the room. Uh, my moment of the week is when uh, when the kids are bonding or when they're fighting. I can't remember exactly with Harry. And they're mentioning uh, the alien probing thing. And he says it's the greys that have the ass fetish. Delightful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I wanted from that show. All right. That's it for Resident Alien. It's Wednesdays on Sci-Fi. Our next show is Black Lightning. This week on Black Lightning, Jefferson is having reoccurring dreams about Tobias invading his home and family life, which ended up turning real when Tobias and Lynn start working together at the end of the episode. Meanwhile, Lala opens a virtual fight club, and Nissa's fiancé, who was the cheetah that I was confused about last episode, wakes up, and they immediately get married, while Jen takes to social media as lightning to combat Fox News. Taste Buds ask you this, does taking to social media to, quote, own your own narrative ever work? (laughs) Well, I think it, I, it's worked for MAGA for years, right? Haven't they always been able to own everybody by doing things like wearing diapers? Yeah, they're owning the libs. They're owning them and I guess now, so will Jen. Just a real, I can't even remember any of the blonde Fox News ladies, but she edits down uh, of last week, Jen uh, saved a bunch of people from a gang shootout, and they edited the footage to make it look like lightning was hurting and scaring all the people. Uh, because she is a young, strong black woman, and no version of Fox News likes that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, she, so now she has this hacker friend whose powers he can like talk to computers, kind of like Cyborg can. And she makes sure he like super VPNs her social media. So now Lightning has her own social media account, is like taking Instagram photos with kids she saves and stuff. Is it working for her so far? I mean that that's like the the big finale oh, that word. she posts. Word. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> and then you said, so Mama is working with uh, Big Bad Guy? Yeah, Big Bad Guy is trying to do like reputation re- rehabilitation and wants to open a hospital. And the mayor was like, we don't have money for that. No. And so he just went to Lynn and he was like, you're a great doctor. Also, I know who you and your family are. So if you don't run this hospital for me, I'll kill you all. And then they cheers. Oh. And that's Jefferson walks into the restaurant watching them cheers. And he was about to just about to like be like, Lynn, we should make up. And now he's like, motherfucker, and leaves the restaurant. Because <laughs> that wasn't going to make sense because like she knows how bad he is. But now I see the, there was yeah. a threat of murder on the line. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'll kill your daughters. There so. we go. <laughs> it's all adding up now. Uh, Mike, do you got a moment of the week? Uh, yeah, so... Lynn, who I, I had forgotten, is a recovering addict. That's what ruined her and Jefferson's relationship the first time. She is now injecting powers all the time. And so he gets home, and she injected lightning's powers, and she's in the tub, oh, and she has a syringe out. Yes! And I was just going to ask, did he find her laying on the couch with a syringe on the ground, like passed out on the couch? Classic no, TV. In the, t- in the tub. And his first thing, he's like, oh, real smart, injecting electricity powers while hanging out in the tub. <laughs> Uh, and then he, he, before he walks out, he says, hypocrisy looks good on you. And I'm like, oh man, that's such a thing you can only say to like a spouse. And it's such a good burn. <laughs> oh man. Mm. He's getting a savage this season. All right. Uh, Black Lightning is on Mondays on the CW. Our next show is Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, the crew all takes teaching positions at Riverdale High, which escalates Hiram and Reggie's plans. Meanwhile, Chad comes to town and everybody realizes he's an asshole, including Veronica, even though they sing shallow together at karaoke night. <laughs> Taste Buds, I ask you this. 
What are the chances we get a Miss Grundy storyline with one of our characters now in the teacher role? Oh, shit. Ooh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, that Miss would be Grundy, great fuck writing. a student on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say uh, probably not because we don't want to cancel any of our uh, favorite teachers. Although a lot of those classrooms were filled to the brim with fucking puberty once they, they, they got a uh, smell of those teachers. Ron- Veronica is teaching econ, and even she's like, there's more of you than there should be in here. And the kids are like, we're auditing while visibly jerking off. <laughs> so that's what we call it now, auditing. I don't know why they said the visibly jerking off part. We can <laughs> see you doing it. Yeah, no, that's what visible means, bro. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's maybe Riverdale will do that. I don't know. It's it's hard to say what Riverdale won't do. That is true. Did you like the Grease 2 reference in the beginning of the show? Well, I don't. Not only have I never seen Grease 2, I don't recognize it as a movie. My fandom of the first Grease runs so deep that I would never think of that as canon. You won't even watch the better one? That's fine. But the Gotta Go Back to School is from Grease 2. Gotta Go Back? Is that the song from that one show with Natasha Leone? With who? Natasha Leone, Russian Doll? Yes. Gotta Go Back. Gotta Go Back to School. (laughs) Yeah, that you know that. Gotta Go Back. Uh, Mike, I know that you are famously... Unaware about oh. <laughs> <laughs> immediately, immediately. Oh no! <laughs> about sports, but uh, Archie's plan to solve all the t- the town's problems with football, um, and it made me think. Like, I know that how I have gotten through life because of my high school football stardom. I don't know how you guys have done it. It's really shocking and embarrassing to me that I would even talk to you. Neither one of you played high school football. Am I correct? Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Yeah, I mean. It's it's crazy like that I would even lower myself as my high school football star to talk to you guys. Um, but Mike, do you know what Iron Man is? And I understand that I'm asking a comic book nerd that. But <laughs> in the sports world, do you know what Iron Man is? Is it the Ozzy Osbourne song they play before the game starts to pump everybody up? Iron That's Man like means a good that answer. There's you have you. eleven offensive players and eleven defensive players, and Iron Man means that you play both sides. And he mm-hmm. only has eleven players total. They're playing every second yeah. of every game. He is Iron Man, Rescue, War Machine, Iron Heart. He is the whole Iron Family. Oh he my god. Do you know how fucking terrible our sports podcast would be? <laughs> <laughs> but how good our superhero based podcast would be. <laughs> yeah. I don't and before he only has 11 players, that all, all of which have to play both offense and defense, he does punch Reggie right in the fucking mouth and say, <laughs> we're going to beat you. I love that is because Reggie, uh, fuck, what was the messed up thing Reggie did to make Archie go to the fancy school? Reggie did something crazy. And so Archie just shows up and in the middle of Reggie saying, well, like Reggie thinks he's in a normal show and they're going to go back and forth for a while and Archie walk off. In the middle of Reggie's threats, Archie just clocks him and walks off. And I was like, that is awesome. I can't wait till we're fucking off Zoom and we're back in the studio where I can start doing that to both of you again. Just every just time you guys start face. talking shit on me. But I will then pull a Reggie because at the end of the episode, Reggie sets Archie's house on fire because Archie <laughs> dared to start a football team. Oh, Hiram Hiram and the boys have one thing. No matter what you do, whether it's try to like take down their business or uh, use the last of the toilet paper, they will just burn your shit to the ground. I like Archie wakes up because the house is on fire, runs to the front door, and then Jug is just like, uh, it's in the back too. Like it's so just like, uh, should we handle that? Oh, there's already so much happening, but was there, we're almost out of time. So is there any other big points you want to hit before moment of the week or should I jump well, to moment? 
I'll actually ask you guys both this, Cassie. You've at least listened to me and Mike, if not watched it. So let's go to prediction time. Uh, first of all, are Jughead and Tabitha going to fuck? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay, stupid question. How many episodes until Jughead and Tabitha fuck? I think the minute he finds out Betty and Archie are fucking in showers or cars, anywhere that's not a bed. Revenge fuckery. (laughs) Yeah. Which, with the pace that this show moves, I'm going to say one episode. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's already happened. How many episodes until Cheryl is in a vixen uniform? Next episode. Next episode. (laughs) Because even though they are years out of high school and she wants nothing to do with the real world, she is furious to find out that Tony dared wear that HBIC Vixen shirt. Is she bad, or is this a pl- like? Is this a ploy to get Tony back and be back in Tony's life, or is Cheryl seriously angry? Probably a combo. Wow, <laughs> Cheryl, man, uh, how much physical harm will come to Archie or Betty because of their affair? A, All of it. A bear is going to come attack him. So a lot. <laughs> And Cassie, this one's just for you. How many episodes until Mike changes all of his handles to Trucker Boy sixty nine? <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes. <laughs> Two. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Uh, so yeah, are you guys ready for moments of the week? If I start with you, yeah. Ryan. Yeah, my moment of the week is I think for the fifth or sixth episode in a row, uh, Betty under like some shenanigans, some uh, escapade that the kids all do. Uh, Betty's like, "Hey, you have to do this. I'm in the FBI." And they just do it. Yeah. And I think th- I want her to do that in every single episode for the season. <laughs> just be like, she's like, she's at Pops and she's like, I'm not going to pay for this. I'm in the FBI. I'm the FBI. Yeah. She really throws that windbreaker and badge in everybody's face. <laughs> that windbreaker is $7, guys. Go buy one. <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? Uh, I It has to be the, the, the beginning and showing everybody is a teacher now and just like the pretty subtle for Riverdale showing how packed Veronica's class is. It was very funny. And yeah, for sure. A 25 year old teacher that looks like that in a small town. Yeah, definitely. All right. That's all the time we have. Riverdale's Wednesdays on the CW. Our next show is Batwoman. It's an art theft episode as Bat Ryan teams up with the crows to steal a painting that has a hidden map to Coriana from a black market art auction. That pesky wolf spider steals the painting before Ryan has the chance, and before wolf spider can get away, two officers show that all crows are bastards, as they intentionally hit him uh, with their SUV and leave him to die. Meanwhile, Alice has tracked down Ocean, who turns out to be Sophia's brother. Taste Mike, I ask you, is wolf spider just a Power Ranger? Let me say this. I, last week, I didn't know Mike had watched it, so I thought Cassie was alone, so I jumped in and talked a bunch. And then later on found out that Mike actually did watch it, and there was no reason to jump in. And so now I have learned my lesson. I just want to let you guys know have that's you? not going to happen. Okay. What do you think about Wolf Spider, Ryan? What, tell me about Wolf Spider. He... I think it's a pretty cool name for uh, certain things. Uh-huh. It's, what if Spider-Man didn't have powers, but he could wear that spandex and climb things a little? Uh, that is like Wolf parkour. Spider. <laughs> There's been some crossovers where J. Jonah Jameson's son, who is also Man-Wolf, have crossed over with Spider-Man, and there's been some Spider-Wolves before. Let's not worry about it. <laughs> Let's not worry about it too much. Uh, yeah, he, he's a Power Ranger, uh, if you could see Power Ranger's junk. Yeah, and you could. Thank you. Uh, but how do you feel about this new character, Evan Blake and like Wolf Spider? Because it seems like they are going to make him more of a feature. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, I like that. I like... Batwoman season one didn't have the Bat family. There was Mary and Luke, but like Batman is infamous for saying I'm alone while having the biggest team ever. Yeah. <laughs> so I would like I would like Ryan Wilder to start getting that as well. Uh and and having this guy who's kind of more in her camp because he is 
an art thief for good, yeah. it seems. Like, he's not a bad guy. He's just not, like, following the law. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm down for that. Yeah. They also, like, so this episode obviously tackled, like, the their issue that they've always been tackling, but this one was blatant, that uh, all cops are bastards on this one. So, like, do you think... It's all crows are bastards, all crows, Cassie. Sorry. That's what ACAB stands for. They go out of their way to say that. <laughs> all crows are bastards. So, do you think they're, like, handling this huge issue in, a, in the right way right now? Uh, I was not expecting them to handle, because uh, Ryan is, Sophie is like, the crows got fired, Ryan, don't worry. Uh, I'm fighting to change crow culture. And Ryan's just like, that. you know that's bullshit though, right? Because like, you're still trying to protect, the system is what's wrong. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think Ryan was a boon to this show in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, be, to, to have this character with a stance, like it all comes off a little more naturally than it would if Kate was saying it. Yeah, definitely. And they did. Did you know about Luke's past with the crows and his dad, or like, do you think they've added that? No. Okay. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. That like, I do like that they were like able to bond a little bit more. But there was the weird moment. Like, you don't think they're gonna have like Luke start to like have a crush on Ryan? Do you think it was just like he was surprised to see her in a dress? Like, I didn't understand that moment. Y- yeah, that's just if, if a character who's normally not in a dress is in a dress, you have to you have, have somebody to have- look at her like that. <laughs> okay. That's the rules. But uh, Luke knows Ryan is gay. Yes. And so I guess he could have a crush on her. As long as he doesn't try anything, that's fine. Okay. I was worried about what they're going to do there. I was like, I have so much trust in you guys, especially right when they were like building up their relationship in a way that I like. And then I was like, don't do this. Don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> Please, no. Um, it was their first heist mission, though. So how'd Batwoman do, you think? I felt good because it was wrong from the start. Like everybody involved in the heist was fucking up in one way or another. Yeah. And I like that because Ryan only got in because her ex Alicia happened to be the art party's drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan just assumed she could talk her way in and she definitely could not. And then it was a fake Jack Napier painting the whole time. So Wolf Spider was fucking that up. And when Batwoman was trying to chase Wolf Spider, she... I forgot it's because she got shot. Mm-hmm. I just thought she's new to being Batwoman, but she jumps off the balcony and grabs a chain and just falls. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, jumping and grabbing a chain is hard and would hurt you. <laughs> I didn't, I'm glad they finally brought attention to that because it didn't make sense why she was still hiding it from the team. Like, I'm yeah. glad she finally has some medicine for that because that, that wasn't tracking. Um, but we do have this side story of Alice and, Alice and Ocean. Um, which I'm excited for these two to like be a team. They seem, I love Alice, but to now have her with like a partner that's equally bad, super excited for it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he seems like fine and cool, but Alice like relaxed a little and intrigued and a little less psycho. I I enjoy her being not in control. But if she could lick a bell pepper every episode, I would like. Yeah. I I was disappointed. She licked no vegetables (laughs) in this episode. Not a single one. Uh, all right, Mike, do you have a moment of the week? It was uh, Ocean and Alice are going back and forth, and she goes, I'm sorry, did you say I'm a bad assassin? Even though she is now, like, has a gun to her head, she's upset that his her skills are in doubt. Yeah, and my moment of the week is going to be right before that, when she's at the bar, and the, uh, like, random guy tries to hit on her, uh-huh. and she just straight up says that she killed her friend Mouse to get her to leave, and it was so yeah. effective, and the best way to handle that. Um, Batwoman is on the CW on Sundays. That's what it is. Our next show is Snowpiercer. This week on Snowpiercer, a thousand and thirty-four cars long. Team Snowpiercer lies that they've been getting com- communique from Melanie to keep Wilfred in the dark. Meanwhile, he's trying to convince uh, what's her name? I I have a typo here. 
Aubrey uh, to stay on Big Alice. <laughs> mean, meanwhile, Josie starts to befriend the ice zombie who not only talks but reads. Taste buds, I ask you this. Is there any greater sign Wilford is evil in that he forces a book club on his minions and then judges their takes? Ooh, oh, that's, that's some dark shit right there. I- One of the guys goes, well, the husband sucks. Uh, they read Rebecca, the, the book that the, the Hitchcock movie is based on. And he goes, oh, you're going to drill down this great take on literature and say the husband sucks. And it's like, fuck you, dude. He's the, <laughs> he's the husband, though, right? Like, yeah. Of course, you would hate that because he's uh, Lawrence Olivier. He's Lawrence Olivier. But now, dog. They did find a very good way to show that he is, again, the worst person. Like, that's a new way. They were like, you know what? Let's do a book yeah. club. Like, I like that take. It went from feeling like teaching a high school class because nobody wanted to speak up, and then the minute his response to their responses, I was like, oh, I get why you didn't want to speak up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. Did we get anything with Melanie? Do we know, like, she's alive, no. but still, okay. We we don't know because they, they lied to Big Alice and say, oh, Melanie sent another thing, but they the, their last three balloons haven't had responses. Oof. Oof. And, uh, but they don't want to tell anybody yet. Any explanation for noodles? For noodles from last week, and to why Wilfred's down for noodles, just uh, getting, just on, loves... getting on all fours, just housing some noodles. Oh no, it's just the 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 sexual cat and mouse between him and Aubrey. Of course, of course, Audrey, Audrey, Miss Audrey, Nightcar. Lady Nightcar, Lady Miss Lady Nightcar. Of course. Um, are you ready for a moment? Oh, that yes. All right, so I was going to slip into that. So. Uh, there's two. Uh, we get a weird montage of Afromans because I got high, which is literally the most surprising thing that this show has done so far. Uh, and then Pike, who is the Taily, who is always kind of bad, who sort of works for late now, who plays this character and everything he's ever been in, uh, is acting his balls off now. Layton has him kill King Janitor, and Pike is like, when you saved me from the tail, I said I would never kill again, but now you're the one asking me. Like, this dude is... I, I love this actor, uh, and he's doing a really good job. Hell yeah. Uh, Snowpiercers is on Monday on TNT. Our final show for the week is WandaVision. On the penultimate episode of WandaVision, there's about to be a witch fight, which results in Agatha holding Wanda powerless and forcing her to replay her memories in order to see how she got this powerful. By going through her mind, we see the tragic death of her parents, Wanda melding with a Mind Stone at a hydro testing facility, her getting comforted by Vision, and her recovering Vision's dismantled body from Sword. After seeing all of this, we learn that Wanda is Scarlet Witch. Taste buds, I ask you, this episode pieced together a past that many already knew, so did that hurt it at all? We saw new things of the past, but I don't... I've been wondering, because we love this show, the world loves this show, this is by far the weakest episode we've gotten, yes? This is the best one. Ooh. The best one. This is the best episode we've got. <laughs> How so far. fun that is! So, okay. Cassie, when I when I was saying these fanboys that we were going to talk about uh, at the end who did not like this episode, I apparently I was talking about Mike. We also Mike is that. here. Was <laughs> uh, a Mike? No, what we needed to do was get into the pathos and ethos of not just Wanda, but Wanda and Vision. And I thought this show mm-hmm. nailed it perfectly. Um, did a much better job of something like Endgame, where a movie that I like, but uh, that was a movie that was all about going back and rewatching the past and just like just like standing in the aura of how great everything was. And I think that this episode did a ton to do it. I think what the ton- what the show did not do was offer uh, 
sort of simple people, plebeians, uh, putzes. You can't just ever talk or disagree. He was supposed to be a fucking cock about it. <laughs> uh, antagonist, if you will. Uh, when you call me a cock, I know that you're just calling me a, what is it, dirty chicken leg? A chicken shit pitch. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> that's much worse. Um, we didn't have like, oh, that's Moon Knight's boot in the corner. Let's all get on the internet and talk about that yeah, for two that's hours. That's why I thought it was the weakest. That's why, Ryan. But but what we what we needed, and I think that people like the three of us needed, and people like um, you know, non Marvel, non nerds needed, was how is this girl in love with a robot? You know, like we sort of have always grazed over that thing, and the scene, not just the scenes of Wanda and Pietro in old school Slovakia. Sokovia. Sokovia. Sorry. <laughs> Different country. Uh, but also Wanda and Vision on that bed watching Malcolm oh, in the Middle. Oh, I mean, that was the best scene. Uh, yeah. We need, before Wanda goes off, but and it's in this last episode, and we have to decide if she's a good guy or a bad guy, we needed this. We needed this, like, almost hour-long therapy session to understand why she does the things that she does, even if we don't totally support them. Yeah. Yeah, I... I you can't, Cassie. I was just going to say, like, normally, like, so we didn't get anything new, which seems like it would hurt it, but they did it in such an intriguing way, which the way was to have her go through her memories, which also normally goes poorly, but they just executed it at such a high level where, like, I enjoyed going through each door and seeing what was behind there, even though we knew the pieces that had to get there. Yeah, and just the, the alternating faces of the two ladies when a new door opened, like one would be excited and the other would be like, fuck. Yeah. And then, yeah. then Wanda would be excited and then Agnes or Agatha would be like, fuck. Bored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think it, the, the reason I think weak, uh, those, there's certain moments that really worked. I think the bookends of Agatha actually made it the weakest. Like her commentary never did anything. Her intro did nothing for the character i'm not like i know so much more about her now that the salem witch trials were actually witches against other i witches. know that's a weird turn right there <laughs> mm, is that uh, the people doing the salem witch trials were in the right because there were actual witches weird take there but is that she was like mega witch like it didn't give us any it, that that all felt like a waste of time and anytime it would flash to her being like that was crazy wanda like it, the mate- she is better than that material. Well, let's be clear. A mega witch is when you take four sandwiches and stack them on top of each other and then Hell put yeah, bread around that and eat it. That's a <laughs> mega witch. Uh, but you're so the witch thing was a little weird because you you could see it even though it started on the witch trials. Like as soon as she was on the screen, you knew like when they were like, "Are you a witch?" I was like, obviously, like yes. And then it was like that's what she needed to say, like yes, I am a witch. Put me on trial. But it, like it, that was weird. But I did enjoy. I don't know if I think it, would, it was just the amount of like gut punches that it happened in this one, specifically with the vision, uh, vision comforting uh, Wanda. Mm-hmm. Like that one was just yeah. done so well. I mean, you his th- line, "What is grief if not love persevering?" You think like, you've heard all the lines, right? You yeah. think you've heard all of the like sort of like shaped into Hallmark card sort of lines about love and passion and sex and romance and grief. And I was like, "Damn, vision." Yeah, get it. It, it that this robot knows as he's trying to get it. He knows he he knows what grief and love actually are all about. And I think it's a good reminder of like because it's easy to be like Wanda lived a tragic life, but this like just showed over and over and over again what that means. I don't think I'm not walking out of the season. Oh, Wanda is a villain. It is. She had a shitty life, and then there's people like Hayward straight up was manipulating her to do exactly what she did. Oh yeah. At this point, it's not just he's an asshole. Like he made that happen. 
because she never recovered. And then he lied and said she stole Vision as an excuse for going after her again. Yeah, that's... Is the show doing a good job, though, of, like, the... Uh, we grew up in this, like, in the 80s and 90s, it was always people with suits were bad because um, even if they were in the right, right? We were told that they were bad, but they they came off like dicks. But they were really trying to save the world in their own way. Do we have at least have any of that of Hayward? We're like... It is true. It is $3 billion worth of vibranium, or it is true. Vision is the most powerful weapon on the planet. Is the show doing any of that? I don't think... If they're doing it, it's not well. Yeah. Like, he just... He is too smarmy, and we, we've we seen him be bad before he said those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And because in that same scene that he says that to her, he's just like, yeah, let her look at it. It's that he always says it or the Vision, and that he... There's no part of him that thinks seeing her love broken into pieces will make her better yeah, not, like it felt like he is pushing her and pushing her so she would do something attacky yeah not even just broken into pieces like he didn't stop the people from sawing into him while she was there while like, she was there level. like don't have them work on him at least push the pieces closer together and have the people step away like in fact it's more likely that he like uh intercommed into that room and said all right wanda's here now you guys yeah. go in and do the grossest things, mm-hmm. you know, which is so crazy because he wants to feel powerful, right? Because he's a straight white male with probably a tiny penis. But stop underestimating people with unknown powers because they yeah. will fuck shit up, my 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 dude. You're you're emotionally fucking with an Avenger for no reason. Like, <laughs> also, there's something about it when she was bursting through sword. Her in a sweater and leggings is way scarier than if she was in a full superhero oh, yeah. outfit. Yeah, if if you have to go in and do something, look like a cat lady. That will like that's so much more frightening. <laughs> um. All right. That was. Do you think? Can we get to this post credit scenes now? Or I've I've got some pretentious corner to to get through. So yeah, let's do okay. it. Okay. All right. So huge reveal in the post credit scene. You know, like the episode felt. Like, we just got, like, oh, she's a Scarlet Witch, which felt like a downer. But then in the post credit scene, we straight up got Hayward's version of Vision coming back online. So now we have who they have to, like, go against. And I can't be more excited. Which, by the way, uh, I don't know if this is the case for you, Mike, but this is the Vision that I grew up with. Yeah, because the 90s, right? This And this is the fuck your moon, bite, moon Knight's boot wasn't in the corner take. Uh, nerds are freaking out. About ghost vision. Go, like, yeah. Uh, I, pale ass, emotionless vision. When I was a kid, I only knew vision to be just nothing but white. And uh, I could not believe later, after, you know, five years into reading comics, that there was one point where he was just green and yellow and red everywhere. Like, that was yeah. that was crazy. Um, but we've talked week in, week out about how this show is not just about TV on the obvious levels, like going through the history of sitcoms, but how it's just about television being this complicated thing where, like, it is interesting and it is helpful and it is a good thing but ultimately it is kind of stupid and lesser than you know like i do think this the show has a thing where uh tv rots your brain as a show and uh i think this fucking this puts the nail in the coffin for television the the white vision reveal yes how so what is tv now other than saying all we're going to do is recreate old versions of things. We're just going to make them pale and colorless and stupid. Uh, I like that. That is pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed pretentious. Um, all right, Ryan, what did you what did you have for us now? Oh, uh, the, it, that like the whole fanboy thing is we talked about it earlier with Mike not seeing 
Moon Knight's boot, which is so weird to just focus on that one <laughs> body part or that yeah, that one gear part. But I think that WandaVision has sort of worked itself in a corner, and we'll see with Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I will say that I I understand that Mike's problems with this episode have nothing to do with that. But there was a lot of people saying that I didn't get to see Hugh Jackman or I didn't get to see Ian McKellen. And therefore, this episode is bad. Mike's issues were obviously more nuanced than that. But I would just like to say to all of those people, stop being on the Internet. Just go fucking yeah. fuck yourself, you know? And I know that uh, I am a guest on a, uh, uh, on a low-rated podcast. And I'm still deciding to bring my opinion to the world, but mine is good. You guys yeah. shut the fuck up. If it's fuck good, you're up. allowed. It, 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 this is the same reason of like, if any of the Marvel movies in the Infinity Saga, if it didn't connect to the Infinity Saga, there were people who were complaining. That's stupid. Let the standalone thing be the standalone thing. Yeah. And But yeah, it's the minute that they were like, this cameo is going to knock your socks off. That's turned into all people cared about. I think yeah, so much of it is that we forgot how to watch TV shows week to week. And they're already so pissed that we didn't get all eight episodes dropped or nine episodes dropped on the same day that this whole waiting from uh, one week to the next is like it's, it's like actually making the them best. upset. And it I rules. Love the it's so awesome. Yeah. 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 Again, that's the wrong opinion that they have. Um, all right, you guys, are you ready for moments of the week? Let's start with you, Mike. I, it's hard to top the what is grief if not love persevering. Yeah. Uh, a line you just couldn't expect this show to pull off. Like I see people getting that like tatted on them and stuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's the new less lame, live, laugh, love. Yeah. Uh, but if we're gonna go goofy, it is uh, Agatha saying that accent really comes and goes, huh? When they're in one of the flashbacks <laughs> watching one, <laughs> delightful. Did you guys see that story? I don't remember where I saw it, but it was uh, somebody got a tattoo just before the pandemic of a quote that somebody said about them because they didn't change their persona for situations. So somebody said about them that she's always courageous and she doesn't wear that like mask, you know, that people wear. And so she got <laughs> tattooed on her arm just before the pandemic. Be courageous and don't wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> and now just walks around like that. Uh, That's why Marjorie Taylor Greene became who she is. Uh, my mother of the week is actually not from the show, but it's a tweet I saw. And I apologize. I wrote down who tweeted this and then threw that note away. So I cannot give you credit. But it was about, it started off and it was like, no respect or no disrespect. She is gorgeous and I love her and she's the best actress. But goddamn, does Catherine Hahn not look like a witch? And I could not believe how well the costuming and the hair and not. Yeah, it's, the, it's the hair, man. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's not just Agatha in, you know, today's world. Back in the 1600s or in Salem, like she just looks like a classic witch. She's smoking hot, like no disrespect. But she just has that, like, uh, sort of slightly Eastern European, but sort of American face. That she's <laughs> just a perfect witch. Yeah. Uh, my moment of the week is that witch. I really enjoyed when uh, Agatha was going through the different types of magic with that bug when she had Wanda tied up. It was just cool to see her, like, use the powers like that and go through different types of magics. It was just mm-hmm. a cool little scene. Um, WandaVision. Oh, Wanda. shit. Speaking of that. Yes, right. Uh, I heard the other day on a, a reading or listening or something that uh, Dormammu always appears as a fly. Oh. And so um. we should we may not be working with Mephisto. We do know that Scarlet Witch leads directly into Doctor Strange 2. Right. And Dormammu and, could be the big bad. And I could see and do not hate that they're like, do we need eight demons who are very similar just because they're in the comics? What if we fold 
Dormammu is Mephisto is Nightmare. Kathon. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Looking forward to it. We'll see if it happens. Uh, Vision is on Fridays on Disney+. Plus. That is it for our poll list. Only one more! Only one more! Um, now let's go to some X-Taz. <laughs> Welcome to X-Tasmania, bitch. A mini show within a show where we take an in-depth, episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s, X-Men the Animated Series. On part two of Till Death Do Us Part... Morph is wrapping up his takedown of the X-Men. Meanwhile, Cyclops and Jean Grey are on their honeymoon, where the ship is wrecked by Mr. Sinister's gang, of which Morph is a part of. Which Morph is a part of. This all accumulates into everyone on Sinister Island fighting it up. When we first meet our mutants, it's Jean and Cyclops going to their honeymoon on a sailboat. And I do mean honeymoon. <laughs> in case you thought that was a mistake, it's not. It's not honeymoon is what they were on. <laughs> and that's when you go, you specifically uh, take yourself on a sailboat to a deserted island. I uh, no, not a not a nice sailboat. No luggage, no, no mm-hmm. iPads, not even a book. Like well, they're they just gonna fucking rail. Yeah, <laughs> they had one activity in mind, but uh, this is where we see just the one guy from Mister Sinister's gang. And uh, is his power just screaming? Uh, his power, uh, before we know that he's a screamer, is being a dandy little mutant fop all across the rocks. Yeah, he definitely is a noble from like the 1700s. <laughs> Hello! He's, uh, but yeah, his power, he's evil banshee. The mm-hmm. whole time I was trying to wonder like, is this, I'm sure there's like a thousand mutants who have the same power of screaming. But I was trying to guess if any of Sinister's henchmen were real mutants or the show is just like who cares these yeah. are all like these all, all of sinister's henchmen feel like well all of the mutants have been taken and so let's just do some stuff um there's a lot of these guys that are uh trash trash characters mm-hmm. you have banshee you have buff blob yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is just a slight different version of a worse version and then you have i think his name is hairbag um who is a uh islander has that accent. Oh, yeah. There, there's some yeah. shaky accents within Sinister's group. It's like to let us know that like he's a true international connoisseur. Right. That's <laughs> not how it came off, though. No. And he's got the powers. He's got like a gorilla body, which oof, we are dancing on some territory yeah. right here. And then also we find out has uh, bad breath. So we've got a lot of stuff coming out of the mouths of Sinister Babes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we do have, so there's this whole island thing. Their honeymoon gets ruined. And then we cut over to uh, Wolverine saving Jubilee from an extremist rally, which, again, always just a bummer when whenever we get back to this timeline of these, like, extremist capitalist yeah. circuits. <laughs> yeah, well, we got MAGA, a.k.a. the Friends of Humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where Morph sent Jubilee. Uh, she thought she was going to save mutants, and instead it's just into the heart of the lion's den. And Wolverine jumps through the roof. And I do like, this is like the suavest he's ever been, because he's like, you sure pick some weird places to hang out. Well, this is some Captain Blood slash Sloth from the Goonies level, pirating down the giant Friends of Humanity curtain. Yeah. Getting to the mm-hmm. bottom, chopping up the guns. Don't hurt anybody. Just chop their weapons up. Oh, and then throw them right at a podium. And then <laughs> uh, give Jubilee shit uh, for who she hangs out with. And for uh, the amount of bubblegum she chews, I think, because that's yes. his nose. Yeah. <laughs> you knew gum. the amount of bubblegum I had to sniff to find you. <laughs> that's a weird pickup line, man. It's really and then, weird. 
completely unnecessarily grabs her and takes a huge dive through a creaky wooden door. Wolverine, I swear to God, you could have just opened that and it would have been fine. <laughs> not as dramatic. He just came down from a curtain and you wanted to just walk through a door? Absolutely not. Uh, adrenaline is up. Adrenaline's <laughs> up. I'm going to take through the door. Um, but like, this is where we get Wolverine's nose really coming through because he also uses his nose to expose Morph when he Morph is uh, Professor X. Right, but what he doesn't know is Professor X already said that there's a neural disruptor out there that'll make people act kind of funny. Yeah. And Wolverine <laughs> plays into it instantly. and But then Morph goes, destroy him, and like runs away. And that's where Gambit's like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He's straight up murder him violently. And then Gambit's like, that doesn't seem quite right. Oh, real quick though, earlier uh, when Morph is outside of the X-Mansion, uh, he morphs, and Mr. Sinister walks up to him, Morph morphs into a couple of uh, people and eagle-eyed, non-eagle-eyed, non-Marvel fans may not notice that uh, morph morphed into Wolverine and Gambit. So oh. if if you're not a huge Marvel fan, you may not have noticed those. <laughs> that's that, that's some real Easter egg shit. Yeah, I just that's why we're here is to bring those facts. And that's that's specifically why you're here, Ryan. Thank you for bringing that. Uh, we do get then Morph uses his powers to morph into Wolverine in probably the most delightful scene of this, where we have Wolverine versus Wolverine with Jubilee having to be the one to decide. And yeah, she automatically says, well, how will I know which one to shoot? And I gave Morph the MVP award last week. This is another MVP move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. His mind games when he knew that he, Jubilee was the one is delightful. Like it's a soon he couldn't have a better person there to have to try and to he convince. doesn't he doesn't know her that well. He's just like, well, she's like, what, 14? Yeah. I bet. I, I assume what a 14 would think about Wolverine and how heroic he seems to them because they don't know real world yet. Yeah. But he says, shoot us both. That's the only way to take care of Morph. And that does sound like something Wolverine would say. Mm-hmm. It's it's that whole Solomon, like, uh, cut the baby in half. Right. And then you say, well, don't cut it in half. And then you get the baby. And then you're like, ha, 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 I was the evil one, idiot. Now I have the baby. <laughs> And I'm going to cut in half myself. <laughs> Just because it turns me on. <laughs> After this uh, delightful scene, we then go back to Mr. Sinister, which is probably the most disturbing scene where we get Mr. Sinister, at first what seemed like trying to get Gene and um, Cyclops to bang in order to create a beautiful yeah. offspring. They're like, we were going to do that. You could have waited <laughs> 10 minutes and not screamed at us. But instead, he tries to do it with his weird plant thing to just take their blood. It was the wildest All thing right. I've seen this show do. Let's get into this. Because Mr. Sinister's powers are, like, nebulous. He He's into DNA, which we all are. And, mm-hmm. uh, I just like to roll around on it on the bed. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> somebody says, I'll give you a million DNA to sleep with your wife. And then you take it and you roll around in all of it. He... What he can do is he can make a plant tube rise from the ground, gr- have it grow fangs, and then he will put the plant tube, the fang tube, on you. Mm-hmm. And he goes to put it on Scott, and then it cuts away. And I swear to God, guys, it cut away because he put that fang tube directly on Scott Summers' penis. Well, yeah. How else is he going to get that DNA from Scott? Oh, yeah. That plant tube's just going to suck him off. We couldn't... <laughs> Could, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a plant-based veg, uh, fleshlight. Jean Grey, we didn't get cut to a scene of Jean Grey being like, oh, Scott, on our honeymoon, how dare you? But I would have loved to have like a, uh, a wider shot of that fang tube just going to town on Scott's wiener. Of him just like biting his lip, trying to not look at Jean. No, not going to do it. 
I'm sorry that this kid's show couldn't give that to you guys. I'll, I'll, I believe you guys can create it, though. I have full faith in you. Uh, so it did cut away to that. And then that's when we get Morph uh, deciding that he needs to go to the island because it's it's Morph's time, baby. And he's going to get his revenge. <laughs> the it's one thing that time, baby. <laughs> Morph can't do a lot other than what his very basic powers are. But he can't do the thing that everybody can do on any show ever created which is know how to fly a plane immediately. You just yeah. jump in, and you're like, well, I'm out of here. Bloop, and bloop, it just bloop, flies bloop. away. <laughs> it's, just, it's important to touch like six buttons. And on the sixth button, the plane launches and you're fine. Yeah. And then we get the whole X-Men thing of how the whole X-Men team shows up there in order for, for a showdown with uh, Morph and Mr. Sinister. And we get this whole battle with everyone there, as X-Men does. At one point, somebody points out that like this is the B team. And man... Has that never been less more true? Like th- these people are bad at being bad guy mutants. Like they are knocked out uh-huh. almost immediately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rogue is making golf puns. Like, <laughs> like they're all just like Wolverine. All of them are joking. Wolverine's like, I never thought having super hearing would be a bad thing after the evil Banshee shrieks. Like they're just like God. making fun of it. Well, uh, Beast uh, finishes his quote before tossing a guy yeah. off of a mountain. Like he's Which, like quoting Tennyson or whatever. It never happened. I, I feel like that Niles Beast should run up to Fraser Beast and stop the quote before Beast can ever finish it. <laughs> that was uh, what was always insane. The amount of people who just let him ramble and quote <laughs> these books is unreal. Wolverine is fighting one bad guy and then a second bad guy lands in front of him and then Wolverine says, I like these odds better. Which I guess is cool, but makes zero sense as far <laughs> yeah. as odds like, go. Please don't think about it. <laughs> as he's like panting and almost bent over. <laughs> like, uh, it was a wild fight. And then we do get where, is it Cyclops who just flexes out of his restraints? Dude, this, super strength is not one of his powers. <laughs> he has metal cuffs attached <laughs> to the metal table and just hulks out a little. Just flexes right out of there. But that's that's the power of the plant, honestly. He had such a good yeah, time Yeah, that's that when... Plant. Yeah, that's first of when all, Gene also starts going to town on that plan just from watching that happen. <laughs> he's in the refractory period because he just got his dick sucked <laughs> by a fang tube, first of all. Uh, second of all, we learn later, um, you do not fuck with his friends. And people were fucking with his friends. Yeah, and so that gave him the like- strength. It's the power of friendship. But sadly, the gun wasn't able to handle, the little laser gun wasn't able to handle Mr. Sinister. And it took uh, some little frying juice. <laughs> yeah, that... Makes him ooze. Like, yeah. if you hit Mr. Sinister, it's like when you put cheese in the microwave for a little too long, and it just, it, it sort of bubbles up, you know? Yeah, so Morph's gun, Sinister just heals from an arilla, but Cyclops unloads. He cannot handle Cyclops' load at all. And you would you would think that Cyclops would have nothing left after yeah, the load that he just gave the fang to. Now we all, all know why Gene's marrying him. Also, good on the fang to, by the way, because... There's a point where uh, Cyclops breaks free and just his fucking hamstring pops into the screen. That guy is, has got ripped legs for days. And <laughs> no wonder that fang tube went to town on his wiener. If he had, yeah, if- even Sinister was like, I thought you were going to go for the heart, but all right. <laughs> Cyclops uh, is built. Cyclops is built. And it was too much. Morph had to leave. Uh, so we do get Morph leaving in the plane, which is just the saddest moment for Wolverine. And I was He's the only one who could make him laugh. <laughs> who once again brings up, like, if I was Gambit or Rogue, who, you know, thinks of themselves as funny, I, I like, we know Wolverine. <laughs> we we know that he's the only person that can make you laugh. Every once in a while, I'll bring up old host Taylor. 
and tell you guys he's the only one who could make yeah. <laughs> it's not me cool. laugh and j- mostly to see the pain in your eyes. <laughs> Just watch us slowly die. Uh, yeah, and then we get at the very end, uh, Magneto and Xavier meeting up because it was a trap all of along, and they get avalanched. Yeah, yeah, they're the last people to figure out because the whole episode is people <laughs> being like, "I never did that. What happened? I never told you this thing." And it was more of, and then finally they land in Antarctica. Uh, home of the avalanche, by the way. Not a good place to be. <laughs> and they don't know that Morph has gone crazy and he's been doing everything. So they're like, all right, well, I guess we'll just stand here and maybe, maybe have a picnic. Maybe. I don't know yet. Uh, and then the avalanches are coming. It's, uh, it was crazy. And that's the cliffhanger that we have for this week. So it is time, of course, to go to our awards. Um, we're going to start this off with best gasp line. Ryan, what do you got? Uh, my gasp line was... Uh, when Gambit is getting shit for kissing Rogue and Gambit says, Gambit don't never go where he's not invited. That's <laughs> bullshit, bro. Absolutely. <laughs> you only go to where you're not invited. You're a liar. Also, look at you. How, nobody believes that. How could you say that? So <laughs> are you gasping from his audacity? I was, that was an audacity gasp. And uh, yeah, you look like you're, you're a liar. Absolute liar. Mike, what do you got for best gasp line? At uh, one point, Mr. Sinister uh says to psych and gene he says your whole lives i've watched you tracked you studied you and we get a flashback of stuff but one gasp because how creepy is that and two gasp because we see them in their original x-men like in the 60s costumes so nerd gasp plus ew gasp it had what wandavision didn't have for him this week that's where mike was able to really shine also Uh, i love i love mr sinister's fucking game because he walks up to the X-Mansion right when Morph is having a little meltdown. Just He just strolls right up from his island all the way to the <laughs> X-Mansion. And then when Morph gets his ass busted by the Sentinels, Mr. Sinister just crawls out of the forest and grabs yeah. him. Like, <laughs> he's just always there. He really has always watched them. <laughs> all along. Uh, for best gas blind, I have a double one that happened right after. And it is when Wolverine expressing that he cared for Morph because I've never seen him express feelings besides the one time he experienced joy out in like Antarctica. <laughs> and then double gas when the reason was because he's the only one who could make him laugh. I just double expression from him really got me. Um, Ryan, I am going to give that one to you, though. All right. <laughs> Our next award is the most 90s thing. Mike, what do you got? I think it's the line, if you knew how much Bubblegum I had to sniff to find you. Uh, there's something very 90s action movie about that. And Bubblegum really like faded from pop culture consciousness after the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a very specific thing. I do like that one. Oh, Ryan, what do you got? I, I, I'm going to go back to Hairbag. Um, I'm going to blame <laughs> Sebastian the Crab for this. But in the <laughs> 90s, you always just had to be have somebody that was like, Ah, steel drum! Here we go! <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, everybody on the team just had to be from the islands, and that's uh, hairbag. Which one? Mm, the islands, man. The islands in general. The islands restaurant, even. You can include it. Uh, <laughs> Eating the blue burger bird. <laughs> For most 90s thing, I have Gene's vacation glasses, because I just love that <laughs> they're reflective, and he did put on vacation glasses. I love to see him just let his hair down. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna give that one to you though, because I didn't think about the bubble gum, and it does seem like a very '90s thing. Uh, our next award is best use of power. Ryan, what do you got? I went with Rogue's tree work. Um, <laughs> she really did. She ripped up a tree and played golf w- from one bad guy to another, 
and then use the tree on a different bad guy. And it didn't work, but then she figured out how to whirlwind the guy away. But I just liked her being like, Ah, oh, I like this tree. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this tree thing. <laughs> it was really good to see her just from scene to scene still have the tree and come through. Yeah. It was very good. That's actually that tree will just be there without anybody mentioning it for the next three episodes. Yes, I, I can't wait in the next episode for to like see her holster where she just holds the tree right here. <laughs> uh all right, Mike, what do you got? Uh mine was just we, we don't say a lot of positive things about Scott Summers in the house that superhero built and i'm gonna give it to him his not only just flexing his wrists and popping out of the shackles but being the only thing that can hurt mr sinister yeah he was indeed the only thing but um you know i can't i can't respect him in this household and also for ryan's i do have the same thing that it's rogue using that tree so you know how this does that point is gonna go to ryan uh next award is lvp mike what do you got uh i can tell this isn't gonna go well because for me it's gonna be rogue uh, the How? way she unloads on Beast because Storm is in a coma and Rogue's like, you said you would go there and you weren't there, but Rogue was there and didn't help Storm. But she she just does not let Beast explain at all and that's how he puts together Morph is there. But she really, she's projecting a lot of guilt onto Beast in that anger right there. First of all, she doesn't even know about Morph yet, so chill back there, bud. Second yeah, of all, did she unload onto Beast as much as Cyclops did into the throat of that? <laughs> no, it's it, physically impossible. <laughs> Cannot happen. Uh, Ryan, how, you... how many pounds did Cyclops lose after <laughs> 20. <laughs> 20, that was pounds 20 pounds of, of cum? <laughs> Ryan, uh, L- besides the cum, what is LVP for you? LVP is definitely Wolverine because when Jubilee explains why she shot him and not the other Wolverine, because it seemed a very Wolverine thing to say of shoot us both, and that way you'll get you'll definitely get morph. She explains that to the real Wolverine, and Wolverine's like, "Yeah, live and learn. Don't, don't fucking trust me, or like, don't trust that's, me. That's something that I would never say because I'm a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> Even though I can heal, <laughs> yeah, he has the healing power that Morph does it. And still, he was like, "Well, now you know. I would never say that. Well, it was also a bad plan because Jubilee fucked it up because she shot the real Wolverine, and then Morph laughed. And instead of shooting him too, she went, "Oh no, yes. you shoot the, <laughs> make it worth it, girl. It's nap time." <laughs> She was in her refractory period, too, okay? It can't happen right then. Uh, for LVP, I have Beast trying to blend in by just wearing a coat. And okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, let's talk about the, this. he stole the thing's cost. Uh, like, this is, uh, this is something that uh, the thing does and Raphael does in yeah. the first yeah. episode of the movie. <laughs> Bitch, we can see who you are. Like, Put on a hoodie, <laughs> aviators, and a, a brandless baseball cap, and then you'll blend in. And yeah. also, the way to, the way to be like uh, pointed out by everybody is not to be like freaky looking, but just wear a trench coat and a hat and nothing else in public. It's the costume yeah. giving you away. <laughs> it's always the guys with the beefiest thighs that like, obviously it's the thighs you have to cover and they never do. So Is that I the like start the of the Cassie rap? <laughs> it's always the guys with the beefiest thighs that always make me come to my surprise. <laughs> uh, releasing on SoundCloud soon. I'm going to give that one to me though. For those thighs. All right. Our last award is MVP. Ryan, what do you got? It's Cyclops. Uh, He screams, uh, don't mess with my friends. (laughs) And then smokes Sinister in his tiny little butt 17 times until Sinister (laughs) runs away going, ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. Yeah. It's a hard one to go against that. But uh, are you going to make the case for anybody else, Mike? 
Yeah, I, we already mentioned why it should be Morph. His his continuing to use his knowledge of how to fuck with them and having that Wolverine line. And then still get away from all of them. They're all in a rage. And he's still like, oh, I'm going to just slip back into this plane. Like, yeah. he wins this episode. It was, but I, you know we got to go with the guy who took down the bad guy. Because I also have Gene. Like, he, they would have been done for. So I'm sorry, Mike. That one's going to go to Ryan. Beer. I'm so sorry. This one, Mike, me and you holding it down with one point. I really let Ryan get away with three whole points in this one. So, uh, Not get away with. Just <laughs> sat there and admired the beauty of my decisions. This is the mistake that I've made. I see it now. I yeah. will learn in the future. Never let Ryan win. Uh, I'm just going to ask for the next 20 minutes to give a speech mm. in which I will thank both of you once, if that's fine. You can start with the thank yous right now, actually. If it's at the top, it's a thank you. You can go ahead and do that, and then I'll rudely cut you off. All right, I'm going to thank Cyclops, my boy, uh, who knows how to fuck a fang tube right in the face. Yo, it's always a mistake to let him do this. I do have to, it's the end of the show, though, specifically on that line, and not because Ryan said that, but because it's just how the show goes. So, Mike, can you tell us about some websites? Yeah, I've been trying to make one, mm-hmm. and I could use your guys' help, uh, because... I, I th- this is kismet because I think a lot of people were were a lot of people are alone in these pandemic times, and so I want to help and profit. And so I've been looking to sell these fang tubes uh-huh. uh, <laughs> that people can fuck. And so I think fangtube.net uh-huh. <laughs> do well. Fangtube.net. And uh, but I I just don't know how to like make it really like pop. Uh, okay, so uh, first of all, I would say I would start by saying enunciate Fang of FangTube.net as hard as you can. Uh, get that N in there. Um, or change and it, then, change it. You can go ToothTube. Everybody loves a good alliteration. No, ToothTube <laughs> is bad. FangTube, you know, is sexy. Okay, well, all right, I guess there's that. Ryan, you, it sounded like you had some other advice, though. I just, Cassie, I got to say, usually I have all the ideas, but I think I'm out. I think that I have no choice but to... Send Mike to cyphersprout.com. Yeah, I would say he definitely can't be trusted with this. I'm not going to help him with this, but Cybersprout, I know they'll take his money. And they're going to do a good job. Even though this project doesn't deserve a good job, Cybersprout will help you out. Uh, just let them take it over control. I wouldn't even. They would make it where you could still make this website, Mike, but simply don't. Just hand it, it over to them. They, they won't have moral issues? I did. <laughs> and So I do got to, I'm a little upset because I went to Cybersprout. Dot com and it looks like there's somebody beat me to selling fang tubes. They're calling their fang tubes cyber sprouts, but it looks like cybersprout.net is actually where you're trying to send me. Mm, right, yes, right, right. That's the one. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. I'm glad you knew that. Well, I, I did some light Googling. Uh, after you go to fangtube.net and cybersprout.net, you should probably go to yourpopfilter.com to get all the things we put out into the world. But that's not all we put out. We also put out things on patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Uh, if you want to see the fang tubes in action, go to patreon.com slash your pop filter. All right. And Mike, can you tell us about the other shows? Not Mike. I, I've talked a lot. You're done. I'm probably not going to do it. I don't want you anymore. I want Ryan. <laughs> All right. So as uh, my nickname, Lesser Mike, I will tell you about the other shows. Uh, you're listening to the Superhero Show Show right now, and we appreciate that. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, when you're not in the mood for uh, reviews of TV shows based on comic books or comic book properties, please search for, subscribe, rate, and review a movie of the year where me and Mike and sometimes other people try to figure out exactly what is the single greatest movie of any given year. And then, of course, The Unnatural 20s, 
where me and Mike sit around and... No, we're going to listen to the Unnatural Unnatural 20s, where me and Mike comment on each episode of the Unnatural 20s. Rate, review, and subscribe to each of our podcasts. It would be simply devastating to us. Please don't do that one. Uh, we also have social media. It's at your pop filter. Go ahead, chat with us. We love that. Uh, we also got an email. Contact at your pop filter. Um, next week we got a big episode because everyone. I'm not ready, Cassie. I'm not I'm ready. Not, I'm not either, Ryan. I don't want to say goodbye to the show. It's been such a delight. I've loved every moment of it. But it's time to talk about the season finale of Wandavision. It's going to be amazing. Boo. So at least we'll have that. Uh, be sure to tune in for it because it's going to be a great episode. For if we don't see Moon Knight's boot, I'm fucking <laughs> killing myself. <laughs> I just I, I want one boot. What the fuck? It, we got to see if that'll happen or if Mike will even be here next week. So for Mike, I'm Mike. For Ryan, I'm Ryan. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>